It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cullen. We've got Anthony Mangione. And how are you? Doing well, Russell, yourself? I'm doing okay. My dog's uh, not as much, trying to get through this uh, day before 4th of July. Just for uh, a note, I'll probably, we'll probably post the show in the morning because it, it's going to be uh, a battlefield tonight, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> and Michael Jello, Mike? Good evening, gentlemen. We are fielding lots of fireworks in the Buffalo area, and we've been doing it for two weeks, so yippity Yippity day, yippity do die. You know, it's like it just keeps going. Anyway, yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But let's talk a little hockey. We're um, we're getting close to the hub cities now, and it seems like it's it's Toronto and Edmonton. And you know, we could talk about semantics all we want. And the I'll, I'm going to go to Anthony first because he uh, you know he is married to a doctor. Um, and the interesting thing is, again. Just because there's fewer cases in Canada right now, it does look like a good idea. And I did point out a couple of days ago on the Bugs cast that, hey, Edmonton was still having like a virtual July 4th, even though they're doing well, because they realize, hey, things could turn on that too. Just because everything's been good in Canada, it doesn't mean it's not going to change. No, there's always that possibility of that, you know, in terms of cases. I just feel like Canada has had – a stronger handle on this thing than we've had in the States. And I think yep. we would all acknowledge that, that they, 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 the necessary controls that it needed to be put into place. I actually uh, was talking today with uh, our good friend Shane Malloy uh, and how they're handling um, things in the, you know, where he, li- where he's living. And uh-huh. they're, they're, they've been on a pretty strong, um, not a lockdown per se, but it, it, it sounds where he's living, um, you know, Fredericton, that it's um, that they've been pretty tight with it. We've been lo- we've been loose as hell. There's no yeah. doubt. It, it, it's been left to the devices of the states, and we've seen at this point that you need. I think anybody who's got a half a brain cell should know that this is something where it should be. A, there should be stronger federal controls, but we don't have that right now because you know the you know the man in charge doesn't want it that way. Right. So, Mike, ultimately. Uh... The U.S. loses some some dollars, hotels, and some of the other industry will uh, end up losing some money on this. Now, some of the other sports are staying here, so they they benefit from that. But they, you know, there's some cities that could have benefited from this, and now they're not gonna. Yeah, but if you know, we've talked about the NBA and Major League Baseball. I think that their plans are sort of fraught with peril because you know, right now Major League Baseball is planning on playing in their own stadiums with no fans, but, you know, these players can go back to their homes. There is no bubble, and the bubble in uh, in Orlando, you know, it's surrounded by a state right now that is rife with with infection. So yeah. I, I, I think that the NHL actually of the major leagues has the best plan. But that being said, three months ago, where were the places that it wasn't spiking? 
Arizona, Texas, and Florida. Now it is. So do I feel confident that uh, it's not going to spike in Canada, even though they're taking more precautions and, and practicing social distancing and wearing masks? There's no guarantee. But I keep saying, and I continue to say, I think unless a team, like an entire team, gets infected, the NHL is going to keep going. They have right. to. No, no, I agree. I mean, look, the... If you don't have a season, the environment, the environmental, <laughs> the uh, the financial impact would be great. So they have to try it. I think I think the uh, the hard part is for some people, maybe some that are fans, but some that are scared are like, well, okay, you know, they should just cancel this. It's not going to work, whatever. But they don't realize that these sports need it. It's not like they could just automatically say, ah, eh, you know what, we'll see you next year. You're right. Why bother? No, there's also uh, a lot of other money involved, and it's not just for teams in the sport. It's for workers and people like us who write, and there's a lot of different things. And there's, again, at the end of the day, we had, you know, for as much as they're trying to set up this purported bubble, we know that bubble in reality is a sham. with, With workers coming in and out, there's no way in reality to protect it. So I think all in all right now, I guess we, we, I think we all would love to know, what is exactly the league's threshold as in terms of when, at what point do, do they get to the, to the thinking of when, you know, as we say, one team has half their roster gets infected or multiple teams. We're, you know, and we're never going to, we're not, we're not going to know that until, sort no. of, you know, that news breaks. And, and that's something I think we're all, trying to it, it comes part and parcel with I guess with everything else going on of trying to get some level of normalcy back with the economies and everything else we're only, there's a little question that we all discussed this back in in, in in spring that economy's on the edge of a knife and it has to func- there has to be some level of functionality involved we agree with that and that's true yep. again a sports team but where but again where is that sort of balance of how much risk are you willing to take on? before it just becomes critical mass and you have to pull the plug. Right. So let's talk a little bit um, about some good news. Um, we saw that the Flyers' Oscar Lindblom had completed his uh, chemotherapy and everything else. He's been on the ice a little bit, but I think that's just more to, you know, pump him up and make him feel like life is good again. And, and that's great, and he rang a bell, and I'm happy, and I'm still wearing my Oscar Strong bracelet that Amy Irvin and I made, and gave away for free, and I'm still going to wear it throughout the season, but it's a nice story. Uh, I'm still not going to go crazy and worry about when he's going to play hockey. I'm just glad that he's doing okay. I think, and I thought um, the quote from Chuck Fletcher was an interesting one, and there was a lot of different ways that you could sort of interpret um, sort of interpret it. You, and I, I do think there is this, there is this sort of feeling amongst the Flyers that things have gotten. Here's the exact quote from Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. Um, I can't say enough about this young man. Every, every, everyone can see the talent and impact Oscars have for us on this, but he's an outstanding team in the locker, locker room and a generally good person. Now, here's the part that's interesting. Today is a great day. Congrats to Oscar. We look forward to having him re- rejoin our team in the near future. That quote is an interesting one. That being said, it's had, near future is a real interesting thing. When we say rejoin our yeah. team, um, that can be open. That that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. A lot of different ways. I think at this point right now, everything, as they said, they're trying to be smart. 
They're trying to go stage by, you know, I think stage by stage, physically just getting himself back. Again, he's a young man. Um, is there a, ch- a, a possibility, depending on exactly what, you know, procedures and everything that was done to help him, is there a possibility he could play in the future? I have to say that there might be, but, again, at this point right now, it's all about, you know, having a normal life again after, you know, having right. body ravaged by chemo. And I think, and I, I think he is a part yeah. of the team, and I think that's what he means. Like, he's a part of the team. He's there. I don't right. know if he necessarily means playing. I think he just means, hey, he's an important part of the team. We're going to keep him here with the team. I think that's the way I'm reading it. I think as of right now that is, but it's sort of the way it, – it, but it is very much, an, I think, an open-ended thing. Now, again, sure. I've got yeah. discussions, family, medical – especially people in the medical community about, you know, the situation and – my whole thing coming into this was, does can can does can he have a normal life? And he seems to be well on the path to that. But you know, the continuing of playing, you know, of hockey and things of that sort. We saw this with also with Brian Prop when he had when he had his stroke. Uh, yep. That how much hockey helped him regain a lot of his you know his muscle. T- it, it, it helped him to regain um, some of, a lot of his functionality after his stroke. And Limble, um, obviously is, is obviously much younger in this case. Yeah. I can't say it's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. That being said, but I put a large, high percentage on him on his return. I'm not comfortable with saying that. But I will say that the, 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 so far, so good in terms of where he's at in his recovery. Mike? Yeah, I mean, it just, it sounds like they're leaving it open ended. It's I mean, you know they're they're not being specific. Yes, he's going to come back, but I mean, we have seen over the years, you know, Saku Koivu, Phil Kessel, Brian mm-hmm. Boyle, Jason Blake, all with the different you know these leukemia or different types of cancer being able to beat it and come back. So yeah, I think in a in a perfect world, yes, he does. But I think they're just leaving it sort of like open ended because really they don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. No, nobody, nobody does truly know what's going to happen. All right, so now talking about other hockey items. So without, not, without knowing what's going to happen, um, the one thing I think the NHL is lacking is giving out a schedule. And everybody else has done it at this point. Major League Baseball is already, Fox is already advertising. NBA, we already know part of it. Uh, we don't know anything for the NHL, and, and at, at this point, they should have a schedule worked out. They, we don't have to know dates, but we should have an idea of yeah. pretty close to what's going to happen. It doesn't have to be in stone yet for NBC, but at least that first game, I would have advertised it already. I'm surprised they haven't. I know they don't want to jump the gun with the CBA, but like it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one day there's going to be like, 20 pages of information that we're all going to try and have to catch up with. That's, and, that, and that's how they, and that's exactly what I was going to say is that that, that, that seems to be the pattern that the league has been following in terms of, I guess there's this whole idea, you know, this getting our ducks in a row before we move forward. And there's a part of me that, that, that there's a part of me that says, yeah, that's a good idea, but you know, having some level of, of a format. And again, I'm sure there's still, again, they haven't gotten to the point of announcing officially We've got reports, but we haven't gotten an official word of that. It is right. definitely Toronto. We, do, you know, and and I, I, my feeling is the league just kind of wants to make sure that's locked down before they release the schedule. I'm sure they they already have a schedule 
set and ready to go. It's just I think they want to do all these things probably in one shot. And, again, if it's a, you know, if you're looking at it from selling the game and getting people excited by setting out a schedule, and then we've all seen it. Everybody was assuming Vegas, and suddenly we're on a left turn and we're back and we're back to Edmonton, and we're on Edmonton and Toronto, and nobody's sure yet. So to me, I think the league is being keeping a real abundance of caution with this whole thing. Well, here's another left turn. So breaking news from Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, yeah. He's saying well, sources Blues cancel practice due to multiple COVID-19 tests. And I'll go to you, Mike. So they're shutting down practice. Now, my feeling is maybe they should be done with this small group stuff at everybody's local rank, and maybe they should just get to the hub cities already. Yeah, which is similar to what happened with Tampa Bay. They shut down the practice facilities and then reopened them. So, I mean, again, we can't draw any conclusions about, you know, what what multiple means. It could mean two, and we, we don't know. Sure. Just, just well, it's enough for them to say we're going to shut it for now. Right. Exactly. Better better safe than sorry. But just going back to what, what Anthony was talking about, I, I think we have a clue of what the NHL is going to do, and that's what they did with the return-to-play plan. It was everything. It was phase one through four. It was, you know, they overwhelmed us with the information that was – uh, that was put out, you know, with the conference call, with the whole entire plan. And I think they're waiting until the absolute last moment to give us, yep. you know, the CBA, to give us the schedule. I mean, we basically know right now that camps are going to open on July 13th. They pushed it from the 10th. It's going to be a 12-day training camp. They're going to get to the hub cities on the 25th of July, and the first games will be August 1st. Now, I think we learned more uh, in terms of the scheduling from, from John Shannon on, thir- on Thursday on the Buzzcast because he told us that the plan is to play five games uh, per mm-hmm. day and that they are, are going to have a nine-day window to uh, finish that play-in round, and then they'll get the round of 16 started on August 10th. So it's not going to be like a a two-week situation. They're going to get this whole a whole thing done in nine days, and they're probably going to play back-to-back days. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be quick. Yeah. So now we we get past that, and we could talk about McKenzie's tweet of the other day saying that the uh, round two of the lottery is going to take place after the play-in series. And so he's saying it's somewhere around August 10th to the 12th. So. And now we're going to have another um, TV event with this. And honestly, this one's going to be awkward. It may not be awkward from the studio because they're going to play it straight. But this one is going to be very awkward with the fans online, with all the comments. This, is, this has got a potential to go bad, too, because, you know, let's face it, if, if for some reason Edmonton and Pittsburgh were to lose in their play-in rounds, and one of them gets that top pick, it's going to get ugly. Of course it's going to get ugly. Everybody's going to say, again, the whole, even starting from the initial draft that we had already, we all saw how people sort of knew and kind of bit their knuckles, so to speak, (laughs) when that NHL logo came up with the first overall pick. And you get two schools of thought. One school of thought is, you know, the league, Want to tend, you know, want this is like the wrong kind of attention, and there's others who would look at it and say, "Hey, get people continuing to talk," and now we get into the interest into the second level of this thing. It, I agree; it, it has the potential for 
to be just it, it creates you know this feeling of of, of deck stacking and you don't want that um, you really don't Mike yeah I, I I think the blowback will be lessened if it isn't a team that everybody's got their dander up if they win the lottery. If it's Edmonton, then, you know, a team that won the lottery, won the first pick four times in six years, people will be pissed off. If it's Pittsburgh with the generational Lemieux and then Crosby years later, they'll be pissed off. I, I don't understand why they would be pissed off with Toronto because Toronto has won one lottery, one had one number one overall pick in 31 years, but because most people hate Toronto, they'll probably be pissed off about that. I, in my my personal uh, uh, situation, I will be upset if Montreal wins it because everybody knows that the Lafreniere, you know, they want the French Canadian player to go number one and go to the Habs. You pronounced that right, Mike. Good, good for you. Yeah, there you go. To be that linchpin guy to 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 uh, you know with a team that struggled to score goals. Um, I mean, I, I don't think they, you know, I, I don't think that, not that they don't deserve it. If they win the lottery, they do. But, you know, uh, you know that people will scream fix if he goes to the Habs. So if it gives well, I know one that Habs, I know one that will. I don't know if everybody will, but all right, yeah. <laughs> but but if it goes to Chicago, if it goes to some, you know, some team that loses in the first round, I mean, we know it's going to go to to a team that a lot of people think are not deserving. But there have been instances in the lottery where a team has moved up from you know a two percent chance to win the number one pick. So it, it's pretty much the same. I don't know why there would be so much hue and cry. Well, we just know there's going to be. I mean, it's just it, it's the way it is. It's the lay of the land. It's it, it's going to happen that way. So I, I don't think there's any question that right now we'll we'll wait and see, but I, I, I think there is. Now I'm trying to pull up. Um I wanted to talk on the Buzzcast today about the Stanley Cup odds and instead we tried to talk about John Tavares and Claude Giroux and we're not gonna talk about that here here, don't worry. So because it's just it's futile, but it's already been recorded. So we're <laughs> yeah. Right. By the, by the way, by the way, Jeremy Rutherford is reporting that they, the team expects to resume practices. That's the Blues on Monday. So they just were being precautionary. They did not say how many were multiple. Okay. No, and that's fine. I mean, I just you know Paul Almeida just tweeted, and I felt the same way. It's like maybe just stop with all the secondary practices and just get everything voted and ratified and get them moving because it's probably just safer if they right. just go to the to the hub city rather than continuing it like this where there's, you know, less control over everything. All right. But again, think, you have to have whatever whatever final T's need to be crossed or I's need to be dotted, Russ, that as much as you want to move this thing faster. I know. It's a big machine. It is yeah, a big and machine. It's, and and it's another th- and it's another, another three country. weeks until yeah, another three weeks until they're gonna go to the hub city, so Alright. So here are the odds. <clears throat> Boston Bruins are the top team, eleven to two. I wish you know, I wish betting agencies would just give straight odds. I hate this eleven to two garbage. You know, just make it five to one, six to one, nine to one, ten to one, like stop with this. But anyhow, now, the interesting one, Vegas Golden Knights, 11-2, to two, and I do think that's on the strength of their goaltending because, again, when Chicago coughed up Robin Leonard, 
they thought they were out of it. Now they're back in, and they don't have mm-hmm. them. And now Vegas pretty much has the strongest goalie tandem. I think we probably all agree with that, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. I think I think the the Bruins have the higher end guy in Tukarask, but I I would still I think I would take the uh, the Vegas tandem. That's just me. Yeah, I would. And the key is, I think, with Vegas is they're. De- I think you can look at the Alec Martinez acquisition too defensively. That helped to just to give yeah. them a legitimate top four defense, and they needed to stabilize that blue line with a legitimate, you know, a, a, a defenseman of of, of Mart- Even if Martinez isn't quite what he was a few years ago, I still think you know he's he still gives them enough with the firepower that they have up front, that, that gives Vegas a pretty good chance. Yep. Next is um, Tampa Bay Lightning, 13-2 to two again with the 13. You, you might as well be talking to metrics to me. But anyhow, <laughs> they're the next one. Um, <laughs> the next one, and honestly, if I were going to advocate laying some money, the Colorado Avalanche at 7-1, to one, that's not bad. No, I would actually. Those are pretty good. I like those odds for for, for the ads. Matter of fact, I think I, honestly, I I like the ads chances. Yeah. In this thing, I really and getting really Bowen Byram now kind of doesn't hurt him either. Uh huh. Just like they got Kel McCarr last year. Now the yeah. question is again: Well, can Bo can can Byram uh, graft himself onto the blue line as fast as McCarr did last last season? But um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I think Vegas's odds are a little out of whack. I mean, honestly, the odds for the Bruins, who I think are the are the favorite since the since the President's Trophy, or well, there is no President's Trophy this year. But I mean, that's pretty good odds for a team that was well in in the lead for the best record in the league. So I would I would probably go there. But I mean, yeah, it's, all, it's more of a medium long shot or a dark horse. Colorado. Yeah, I, I've been seeing them fluctuate, Mike. Like as an example, when we get the Blues are. 17 to 2, the Capitals are 17 to 2, the Flyers are 10 to 1. I've seen the Flyers 10 to 1, I've seen them 12 to 1. So, you know, it depends on what day of the week and what they felt like saying about it and maybe they, you know, foresee an injury or something. But, uh, and, I mean, the Flyers are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I mean, they're seventh, and even in a different one that I saw, I think they were still ranked seventh. I mean, that's, in a, that's a pretty good spot for them. I don't think fans can complain about that. No, I think they're in a solid. I think their their spot reflects where they were at the end when 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 things uh, kind of went downhill. Uh, kind of did went downhill. Um, yeah. If you're accounting for them sort of picking up where they left off, um, and the opportunity here to potentially, especially within that initial early round robin, to get better position. Yeah, those are, you know, Philly, I I'm not, I don't think Philly, and I'll be right out there and say it, I don't think the Flyers will be in the Stanley Cup final. That being said, do I think they're good, they're, they have a good run in them here? I, I think they have a chance of it for sure. Yeah. Interesting, Dallas Stars next, Pittsburgh Penguins next. We got 12 to 1, 15 to 1. And then, Mike, this is where the cliff happens. The Leafs are 22 to 1, the Oilers are 30 to 1. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about right. I mean, I think that's about right because we know that the the flaws in the Maple Leafs, and everybody hopes that 
you know, now that they got all their defense back that they could make a run. But uh, I think that, you know, they showed during the regular season that a lot of points that their, their team defense wasn't good enough. And we know that in a playoff scenario, it's tougher to score goals and you have to rely on being a, a quality two-way team to be able to prevent goals from being scored, easy goals being scored, and score those tough goals. And I, I just don't know whether the Leafs can do it. I, I, I have even, I've even predicted that Columbus is going to beat them in the first round or in the play-in round. So, you know, I think that's about right. I, you know, I think Chicago has got a good chance to beat Edmonton in the first round. I think with that, with their – uh, you know, with Taves and Kane and Keith and Crawford, they may have one last kick in the can that they could beat the Oilers. Well, I will say that so far Vegas has the feelings that I do about the Blackhawks and the Canadians long-term in this thing, and that is Chicago's at 75-1, to 1, yeah. and the Canadians are at 100-1. to 1. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 100-1. to 1. Right. That's about right. Like the interesting thing, Ant, is the Minnesota Wild are at fifty-five to one. If anybody would have said that at the time Bill Guerin took over, we would all be like, "Ooh, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's going to be higher than that." We got to give some credit to Bill Guerin here. I mean, he at least has made this in, this season very interesting for uh, Minnesota Wild fans. Yeah, I would agree with that in terms of there's a you know versus a, a team that seemed like that they were they're lacking direction, and if they finally you know, seem to have that. And yeah. again, we'll, we'll see where things run with this in terms of, in terms of the postseason. but um, they're definitely, you know, you know, have, have some level of direction. That's the most important thing. All right. And for the last two minutes here, we're going to go with a food take. I saw something recently that kind of made me want to vomit. And so I thought I'd share it with everybody and see if they felt the same way. Do you have a, you have a stomach left from the amount of times that you say you want to vomit over something? <laughs> Uh, I don't have a stomach issue, but uh, I just get the feeling. He's got an endless supply of Ipecac syrup. Yes, I do have some in the fridge. I always do. Um, But here we have, in Australia, they have created fish and chips gelato. Your thoughts? Uh, No. I like fish and chips. I like gelato. I don't want them together. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing screams bad, frozen, no, my question delight, tart- but fish. Like so- they, 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 they have like a tartar sauce whip on top of it. <laughs> like, no, it's, no it's, a, it's, a, it's a malt vinegar whip. Yeah, it's nothing like cooling okay, off with... Now i got a barf. <laughs> nothing, nothing like cooling off with a little fish ices, right? I mean, it just... There's just nothing appealing about it. Speaking of which, Mike, um, where are we at with the uh, with the Tang experiment? Uh, I I had put an order in, but I have not received it yet. So okay. it was yeah. So I I cannot uh, I cannot give you an update on the fruit punch. Uh, at the, at have, the rate international at the rate international mail is going, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 talk to you sometime next year. This could be yeah. a next year thing. All right, we'll yeah. see. The Tang Odyssey. <laughs> We'll see where it all lands, but that's going to be it for Off the Post. We'll catch everybody next time. Enjoy your 4th of July, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.